Welcome back to Coolside Podcast. This is episode number 68 and I'm your host, Rachel Anthony. I'm excited to share the interview today. It is with Christopher Boyce, who is the owner and founder of Brain Bar, a functional energy bar for brain health. I'm super into nutrition and fitness. Um, if you follow me, you will know that. And also trying health conscious products and local products. I'm all about supporting local, especially if they are good quality products. Um, So that's why I was so excited to have Chris on the podcast to share his story of Brain Bar. He talks about his journey of working a corporate job in finance and thinking that was his final career to being laid off and exploring the world of being an entrepreneur. Christopher went through his own fitness and nutrition journey, as one does if they are living the corporate life with overeating and drinking and all of that, Um, and he wanted to create a bar that was different than traditional protein bars and focus on brain health. He initially um, started it because he couldn't afford to buy all of the protein bars and quick meals, and so he would make them in his own kitchen um, for obviously much less, and so then his friends and family Uh, encouraged him to start his own business because they were good bars. He talks about the process of creating a product and actually bringing it to market, the challenges, and how he got around his financial limitations. We talk about how collaboration is a new competition and finding people to network with and learn from is key to success. He gives his advice for aspiring entrepreneurs and people who want to start their own business. It's an awesome episode and you'll definitely have to go and try Brain Bar uh, once you listen to it. So let's get into it. Here is Christopher. Welcome back to the podcast. I am sitting here with Chris from Brain Bar. Thanks so much for joining me. Thank you for having me. Do you want to start and you can just introduce yourself, uh, what you do, and give us two fun facts to get going. Okay, my name is Christopher Boyce. I am a startup founder in natural food and beverage here in Calgary. Two fun facts about me. Let's see, number one, I've given this in job interviews before. Uh, I once ate 44 chicken McNuggets in 10 minutes for charity, uh, which I don't recommend. It's a lot of sodium. (laughs) And uh, number two is that I consider myself an ambivert. So people might identify as being uh, an introvert or an extrovert but I like to think of myself somewhere in between. So um, while I don't mind big crowds and uh, I do get energized in those situations, I prefer one-on-one interactions and I really value my personal time here. Cool. I've never heard that definition, but I (laughs) feel like I fit more on that as well. But I've never heard any other definitions besides intro Mm. and extro. Interesting. Okay. Well, we've all learned something now. We're a growing tribe (laughs) of ambiverts. Um, and before we get into what you do now, let's just start a little bit farther back. So where did you go to school? What did you take? And what was your initial career path? Sure. Well, I was born in Edmonton, but I didn't grow up in Alberta. I grew up in eastern Canada. And I did my undergrad at UNB in Fredericton, New Brunswick. And I did two degrees concurrently, which ended up being six years. So I wasn't in too much of a hurry to get out in the real world, obviously. I was really enjoying the lifestyle. Uh, and then uh, once I finished my undergrad, I moved to downtown Toronto and uh, pounded the, the pavement and got a job in investment banking on Bay Street. Uh, this was in the, uh, the days pre-financial crisis, and, uh, which then ended up hitting in 2008. But I worked on trading desks 
and uh, just the same type of scenes that you might see in The Wolf of Wall Street. So very exciting, dynamic, uh, a lot of people shouting and throwing things. Um, but it was fun and it was a good, good place to start a career. And, and I learned about cold calling and the importance of um, personal connections and relationships and things like that. Uh, then I decided to do my MBA at Rotman at the University of Toronto. And uh, I did a part-time MBA program, which was kind of unique in that we had 7 a.m. lectures so that you were wrapped up by 8.30 and then going off to start your work day. So that was um, it was hectic, to say the least, because I was still trying to, to get to the gym five, six days a week and also keep up some semblance of a a social life um, while working as well. So that was fun. That was a, a three-year program. And then right after I graduated, I was ready for a change of scenery. So that's when I relocated to Calgary uh, in 2013, right around the time of the flood. <laughs> Perfect timing. Yes. So I was able to help out with um, with cleaning up the, the city and getting it back on its feet. And um, then I started working here. That's very nice of you to just show up and then <laughs> help our drowning yes, city. Yes, <laughs> that was just by coincidence. I didn't, uh, I didn't uh, intentionally do that. Yeah, and so you started working here. Did you did you do the same job here kind of thing, like corporate nine to five? Yes, very similar uh, corporate finance. I worked on the 40th floor of one of the office towers downtown Calgary, and um, yeah, nine to five or eight to five, and. Uh, cubicle life and uh, button-down shirts and dress pants and things like that and uh, lasted for about a year and a half in that and then uh, we had the downturn in, in the economy and uh, I lost my job a lot with, along with a lot of other people um, in the corporate world so that was when I started my renaissance I guess right. <laughs> my, my rebirth um, so that was uh, I went through several months of unemployment and I was doing a little bit of freelancing too. So I wanted to keep up my business skills. I was helping new Canadians with writing business plans for their own small businesses and loan applications and things like that. Um, I was doing some volunteering with Market Collective, uh, which also exposed me to other entrepreneurs. And they were turning their dreams into reality and uh, I guess that's when it kind of lit a fire in me to do something myself. And was fitness and health and nutrition always part of your life up until this point? I think so, but then I also had the unhealthy aspects to my lifestyle, so overeating and binge drinking on weekends and things like that. Um, but uh, when I did lose my job and I told myself, you know, I don't want to be uh, one of these people who just wastes away on the couch, so I deliberately got out and did things, and um, uh, I hired a nutrition coach who helped me uh, learn about meal planning and counting calories and things like that. And I ended up losing over 30 pounds um, over a period of about eight months, uh, just by being more mindful of what I was eating, uh, as well as um, spending a little more time at the gym, doing cardio, getting out, um, camping, skiing, some of the things that I'd kind of drifted away from when I was living the corporate life. So that was the silver lining to, to losing my job was uh, it opened up a bunch of new doors and, and new opportunities to experience things that I'd forgotten about. Right, and 
So then you created Brain Bar. So do you want to walk us through how that interest in nutrition and fitness led then to creating your own uh, protein bar? Sure. Yeah, a couple of years ago, um, because when I had hired a nutrition coach, part of the plan was um, it, we were very mindful of that I was on a tight budget because I wasn't working full time. So uh, I started making healthy snacks at home in my kitchen. So uh, to save money, so rather than spending $5 on a protein bar, I could make a batch of them at home and save them. And I got into experimenting with different ingredients and, and some of the more functional type ingredients, um, like chia seeds. And then I started using um, pea protein powder rather than whey protein powder and things like that. And just, it's so easy with a, a food processor to throw different ingredients in and, and experiment and um, but then what the, the the end result is that you know what you're eating so you you've created that and um, then as I started getting a little bit better at, the, at that and sharing it with friends and family um, what I was making they said hey maybe you should start a business here and I thought yeah I think you're right but um, maybe I won't make just another protein bar because well, I guess the MBA in me said you have to differentiate yourself a little bit. So that's when I started to think, well, a lot of people are, are talking about brain health. So are there ingredients that you can eat or consume uh, that have those functional benefits that we're just starting to talk about? So it's kind of like using food as medicine. I like it. And how did you decide on your final like recipe? Sure. Um, I did a lot of cold calling and a lot of uh, a lot of Googling. I said, I often say as an entrepreneur that Google is my best friend. So um, I started learning about food programs for entrepreneurs that help you take a home recipe and turn it into a commercial product for stores. And um, so I approached a food center in Saskatoon and uh, they have bar forming equipment and they have food scientists and experts that can help you scale up from your home kitchen to a small factory um, where they're producing those. So I approached them and, and there's a cost involved, but it's government subsidized, so it's pretty affordable for a new entrepreneur. And um, yeah, they, um, they work with what your macronutrient targets are and, and uh, what sorts of ingredients you want and what you have a vision of what the end product is going to look like. And you work through several prototypes until you get there. Oh, that's cool. So how long did it take to go through the prototypes and find one that now you sell? Uh, at least eight months because there's a component with um, approaching Health Canada and doing a due diligence review of your products because uh, I had worked in banking in the past so I knew that you have to be proactive with your with your compliance work and regulatory um, and they're very particular about your packaging and what it looks like and uh, your ingredients and and uh, right down to the font size on your wrappers so that was one component while we were doing the lab testing and shelf life testing of the product and, uh, and how it tasted and and the softness of the bar, making sure that it's easy to chew. 
So yeah, between eight months to a year for that whole process. Okay, and what would you say are some of the biggest challenges you faced along the whole process that maybe were unexpected or you just didn't know? Um, besides the uh, money constraints, <laughs> <laughs> which I think uh, any business uh, experiences that, um, I would just say probably lack of knowledge. So being a newbie to the food industry, I really had to be as resourceful as possible to overcome that because I didn't have those connections. I didn't have a background in the food industry, but I knew I had a rough idea of where I wanted to go. And uh, then it was a matter of finding out those resources to help me. So there are all levels of government are very helpful. Um, and I mentioned um, meeting other food entrepreneurs in Calgary and, and looking at what they're doing. Some of them were two to three years ahead of me. Uh, I looked to companies like Little Tucker, Beetroot Nutrition, where they're doing interesting plant-based things and they're just responding to, to uh, consumer demand. So taking cues from them, uh, as well as using those government resources, I think was, was the best way to overcome that knowledge gap that I had. And do you find Calgary and other small businesses are pretty open to like supporting and sharing information? Uh, yes, I think so. I think uh, we talk about collaboration as the new competition. So we realized that um, if we all work together, everyone benefits from it. And uh, we've seen that recently with small businesses rallying together uh, towards common causes uh, just in the past few weeks. And um, we see a lot of people who are transitioning out of big corporations starting small businesses, maybe they're joining startups. Um, so yeah, it's a great opportunity right now for everyone to, to work together and, and uh, accomplish common goals. Right, and we kind of talked about this before we started recording, um, that finding your ingredients is kind of a similar situation where you want to meet the people and really know what's going into your bar. So how, do you, how did you decide which ingredients to use and where to get them from? Well, initially I started with the bulk food store. <laughs> because uh, I was just experimenting with things in my home kitchen. Uh, and then I started reaching out to local suppliers and distributors. And I kind of had a rough idea of what, what I was looking for. So I was looking for uh, pea protein isolate, uh, preferably a flavorless powder that you can use in bars, uh, and you wouldn't get that pea soup taste from it. Um, we're also using uh, algae oil, which is pretty unique when it comes to the energy bars. And uh, that was from a small company in Saskatoon, and they're creating this algae oil for brain health. So it's a brain health ingredient that's being used in smoothies, it's being used in fake salmon burgers, and I'm using the flavorless kind uh, in my bars. And that was just through networking that I connected with, uh, with that supplier. Um, in, when, before you started recording, we were talking about um, Alberta honey and uh, we have some of the best honey in the world. Uh, I like to use it in our bars to add a little bit of sweetness, but more importantly, as a natural preservative because it's raw Alberta honey. So I go to the farm, I meet the producers in person. That's very important to me um, because then when I'm talking to my customers, I can explain traceability and, and where I source the ingredients. And so you have your product, how do you get it from like your kitchen and this into actual stores? Because I know like I've bought it in 
uh, Supplement King is where I got it from. So what was kind of the process and how did you know how to get it into like an actual retailer? Yeah, uh, I think some people would say that we put the, the cart ahead of the horse in that I wanted to create the, the brand image first and start telling a story and start building a bit of a community and educating people before we even had the finished product. So um, you understand how important branding is and, and marketing to the, in this day and age. Um, so I worked with a small uh, design agency in Airdrie to create that brand that would really stand out and was a bit of a calling card before we even presented someone with the, with the uh, finished product. So um, once I started getting out on social media with the brand, talking about what we were working on, then the retailers, they came to us and, and they said, we've heard about this uh, new product on social media. Would you come in and show it to us and um, present it to us? So that was pretty cool because um, that didn't have to do so much of the door-to-door -door salesperson type right. stuff. Yeah, that makes it a lot easier. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, and what advice would you give to someone who wants to start a business or a product? What are some of the first steps they should take? I say just do it and you know just get started and you hear um, some um, famous Canadian entrepreneurs I just heard Michelle Romanel for example um, give a keynote speech at inventors conference and she said exactly the same thing just just get started because you, you the more time you spend planning the less time you're spending doing um, and like I said the resources are out there. Um, so if you're resourceful, you've got an idea or a vision of where you'd like to go, just do it. Yeah, I like it. That's what I, we talked about that before. That's my whole outlook on things too, because people spend a lot of time overthinking what they're doing and thinking that people are going to judge them and whatever. But then if you're holding back, there's probably someone else already creating whatever it is you're creating. Yes. You just want to get it out there. Yeah. And in Silicon Valley, they talk of the analogy they use is uh, jumping off a cliff and building an airplane on your way down, um, which I, I don't know if I would use that, well, it's certainly not literally, but for me, um, I'm also very aware of risks and I'm risk averse. So uh, if that was me, I would make sure that I had all the parts of the airplane. <laughs> right, uh, in your backpack yes, before you Yes, in my backpack ready to go. Um, because uh, I, I think very methodically, so I'm thinking two or three steps ahead. What, what, are the, what could go wrong? What are the potential problems that might come up? And what can I do now to, to control that? Right. Well, especially if you don't have the financial stability as well. Like, you don't want to waste money yes. um, just throwing things around, seeing what's going to happen. So yes. it is. You do want to just do it. But it, like you said, you do need to have some sort of, like, strategy yes. so that you're doing it properly and not wasting time and money. Yeah. And there's some element of trial and error, but it's um, keep your errors very small. So thankfully, nowadays food industry you can do small batches so if you, you want to test something out do a limited release of something and see if, if people like it and if it resonates with, with your customers um, and then tweak it and, and, and re-release it so um, the, the opportunities are there to do things on, on small scale and test runs and, um, and be, be more mindful of, of how you're going through the process. Right and 
being an entrepreneur, because it's obviously in your blood and you're here and doing it, but it's not necessarily for everybody. So what would what should people think about before they quit their job or kind of get into the entrepreneur? Because I feel like it's a little glamorized right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so just based on your experience, since you were laid off and didn't necessarily quit, right. what, what would you say for people? Yeah. Well, for me, I like to say that I made a forced pivot into entrepreneurship. I thought that I was going to be a corporate person set for life. Until I wasn't. So um, some people, their transition might be different, obviously. Um, but I think my advice would be be prepared for this to be your full-time job. And I mean no days off. So um, maybe on a Saturday if I go up to Lake Louise for a little solo ski trip, I've got all my products and my, my info sheets in the back of my truck. because. Maybe I'll meet someone up there, or as I'm driving up there, I'm listening to podcasts that will help me in my business. Um, I'm stopping into stores, pitching my product. So it's it's 24-7, and when I wake up at 5 a.m., it's the first thing that I'm, that I'm thinking about. And I don't have kids and a family, so I like to say that Brain Bar right now is, is like my firstborn. So uh, like a new mother, I don't, don't have any days off. Right. <laughs> totally. Um, and do you want to just, what does like a typical day look like? Can you walk us through like your morning routine? Because you just mentioned you get up at five. So do you want to yes. like walk through kind of what a day looks like for you? Yeah. Well, um, I made some positive changes in my life when I started setting my alarm one hour earlier. Uh, so I used to get up just in time to catch the bus to go to, to work. Um, but now uh, I really enjoy getting up early and I get probably my best work done in the morning. So if I get up at 5, 5.30 and um, make a pot of French press coffee the old-fashioned way, it's a very meditative process doing that, preparing a, a sit-down breakfast um, by myself, going through emails, um, catching up on what's happening uh, on the East Coast. So they're a couple hours ahead, so you can already start to get some morning news from there. And just being very intentional in, in how I start my day has been hugely beneficial in my life. And so that by the end of the day, um, you know, I feel like I had some early victories early in the day. Um, I love going to the gym every night, normally 7 or 8 o'clock after the crowds. And that's also a very um, meditative process for me. I know that that's my, my personal time that I can put in earbuds and, and, and just focus on doing something stressful and challenging for an hour and then de-stress in the sauna after um, and then yeah, bedtime is usually 10 10 30 so and my, I, I like to try to get about seven hours of sleep a night so not too much and, and not too little right it works for me you have to you really have to listen to to your body and, uh, and adapt yeah, well, especially I'm the same. Like, I don't have kids or anything. So you can choose when you're going to bed and choose when you're getting up. So you should take full advantage of being able to get as much sleep as your body needs. Mm-hmm. Um, and what keeps you motivated to grow and work towards this business? So obviously it's a grind sometimes. Yeah. So what keeps you motivated? Well, I like what Simon Sinek says about find your why. And I enjoy listening to audiobooks like that podcasts um, and finding 
that external motivation has been important for me because for a long time I, th I felt like I was just doing things for myself. And then you get to the, the point in your life where, well, what can I give back? So uh, my parents are in their 70s and uh, they were my first <laughs> investors in my startup and the first people who, who believed in it and they've been a key focus group for testing the product. So I'm doing it for them. My grandmother is um, 97, and she's given me some great perspective in, in saying, you know, uh, you may think that that you've got it hard now and you've got some challenges, but every generation has their own challenges. She grew up in the Great Depression, so that keeps me very grounded and gives me perspective. And then I spoke earlier about my personal time having some of that me time uh, is also very important and, uh, on the motivation side because after I go out and I spend a couple hours up in the mountains or um, a day of skiing then I come back to the city and I flip open my laptop and I'm kind of re-energized and, and motivated to, to get back to whatever it was I was working on. Yeah uh, and what's the end goal for Brain Bar? What do the next few years look like? Well, I'd like to build out the product line and get a few more flavors out there. That's the first thing that people ask me, how many, how many other flavors do you have? So we just got one for now, and I'm very happy with it, and the feedback has been great. So based on that, that's encouraging to, to explore future flavors and looking at other functional ingredients. Um, I talked about the algae oil earlier, so maybe look at CBD oil or something like that potentially something that we could add into our bars. I'd really like to continue to partner with retailers throughout Calgary and, and the rest of Alberta. There's some early part early retail partners have been great so far. They took a chance on this product and they put it front and center on their shelves. So continuing to to see where else could we put brain bars in yoga studios, seniors homes, maybe colleges and universities, um, the ski hills. So really trying to expand the market and, and get in front of as many people as possible. And so far, the, the support has been great. And potentially, a few, a few years down the road, um, looking at maybe partnering up with one of the bigger food companies because they're taking smaller startups under their wing and um, showing them the ropes and giving them access to um, nationwide distribution, better um, marketing as well so uh, we've got a, a lot of work to do but that would be uh, the near term and the, and the long term goals yeah no it's well, especially because you can reach so many people i didn't even think about like seniors home or everything you get caught up in like the fitness and the like that's what protein bars are but yes. obviously everyone has a brain and <laughs> benefits yes. from yeah. healthy ingredients so. right and everyone um well bars have been around for for years but there's a reason why, and there's a reason why you see them everywhere, is because they're just so convenient. So when I people give me feedback when I'm doing demos or when I'm at festivals, and they say, yeah, I'll buy a whole box from you because I'll put some in my car, I'll keep some in my gym bag, and I'll keep some in my fridge at home. So I like to hear that it's, it's good that people can have a convenient, healthy snack whenever they want it. Totally. Um, and have you found social media has been a huge driver of your business? Is that your... Like, obviously, you're getting into stores and stuff, but how has social media played a role yeah. in growing? 
well, it's been awesome for me personally because I went through um, some challenging times where some of my personal relationships dried up, my real life relationships. Um, and then that's when I started putting more time into social media and connecting with people. And it really brought me out of my shell as far as telling my story and um, sharing the ups and downs of life just like everyone does uh, on social media. Um, and then I wanted to, uh, when I saw how, how beneficial it was for my personal well-being, I wanted to use it as a valuable tool for my brand and my business as well. So I talked earlier about, um, it's really the low-hanging fruit because it's so affordable for us startup founders. Maybe we can't afford a Super Bowl commercial, but we can certainly afford to do Facebook ads and to uh, create um, an, an appealing Instagram account on a small budget. So I've used, um, in Calgary, two, two women, two brilliant women who were freelancers. One who helped me make my website more functional because I'm not the technical guy um, and then another who's helping me out with photography and both brilliant and um, they have the creative mind as well and they understand branding and marketing so yeah social media we're on Facebook Twitter Instagram uh, LinkedIn as well it's surprising I think that that might be underutilized for for startups because there's a lot of great business resources on LinkedIn so if you get out there and you tell your story and the challenges that you're going through, there are people who are going to reach out and offer to help on there who are business professionals, uh, lawyers maybe, uh, government officials. So, uh, yeah, I, I use all the tools in the toolbox that, that I can right now. I really right. Like yeah, well, like you said, it's very cheap. You just have to put the time in, so yes. which is good. Yeah, and I, oh, and I look to people like you and other local creatives who are, are using it as well and just trying to pick up some tips and tricks as I go along. Totally. I think that's what we all try to do. <laughs> Even I ask people all the time like how they're using social media and photography and because everyone knows like a little bit of different information. Yeah. So yeah. the whole community collaboration part of it is, is awesome. Yeah, one thing that we do try to do is also to be um, intentional about how we're using each platform because it, I, I think that each one can be used in a slightly different way. So um, maybe Facebook is for a little more long-form content, uh, maybe sharing uh, articles about brain health or healthy eating, uh, whereas Instagram is for more product placement. So uh, here's a brain bar up in the Rockies, and, um, or here's someone um, going skiing, and maybe at the end of their run they'll have a brain bar. And then as, uh, with Twitter, you're limited in the character count. Um, so maybe you're just sharing quick uh, quick burst updates on what your firm is up to and uh, small news items. Right. But as a social media manager, that makes me very happy that you understand like the different parts because it doesn't frustrate me anything more than someone who like shares an Instagram post and then automatically shares it to all the platforms. And, yes. and there's a difference. Like people, there's different audiences. People use it for different reasons right. to really understand that. Yeah, it doesn't translate 100% across. All it doesn't. Platforms. Yeah. So I like to hear that. Mm, thank you. <laughs> um, a couple more questions. Is there a book or podcast you'd recommend? Sounds like you listen to a lot. So yeah. you can give us your top few that you love. 
Uh, well, yeah. one of the first podcasts I started listening to uh, was Tim Ferriss because he was the author of the Four Hour Work Week and <laughs> calls himself a human guinea pig. And he's also um, invested in quite a few big startups that have gone on to be uh, massive companies. So, and he's also an intellectual. So I like listening to his podcast. As far as books, oh, I love audiobooks. I mean, that just discovering those has been amazing because uh, if I'm spending 45 minutes on the on the treadmill, I can get through three or four chapters of a book. And um, I can't think of it. I have so many of those on the go um, right now. But as far as for entrepreneurs, uh, Blue Ocean Strategy is a great book. Um, that that book kind of helps you identify uh, market opportunity. So how are you going to differentiate yourself from everyone else? How are you going to find that blue ocean or that white space, that untapped market? Um, that was one of my favorite books recently. At someone that I just interviewed a couple weeks ago, they said exactly the same thing. It's on my list. I need mm -hmm. to, to read it because they said it was an awesome book too. Well, and one um, on the, on the, for personal development, uh, right now I'm reading uh, Originals by Adam Grant. He's a brilliant um, sociology professor, and he's got some great insights. So if you're, if it's personal development that you're that you're looking to work on, Originals by Adam Grant. Awesome. Yeah, I'll have to look at that one too. Um, and where can people find you and connect with you? You did mention all of your platforms. Um, mm -hmm. What are the handles? What's your website? Sure. What stores are you in right now? Yeah, uh, website is mybrainbar.ca, and. We are at My Brain Bar across all the main socials. And you can look me up uh, on the personal side too if you want. Yeah, uh, what's your personal handle? Uh, Christopher Boyce, MBA. Gotta throw that in because <laughs> <laughs> otherwise my mom would be disappointed that right. I didn't mention the master's degree. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for sharing and sharing your journey. And, My pleasure. Um, I'm excited to see what comes with these bars. Me too. Thank you for the support.